Welcome to Chatterbox Hub. This podcast aims to be your go-to resource for insights, advice and engagement with all things audio and not only. I'm Yulia Stancheva, a voice actor and producer, and I'm delighted to present you this show, hosted by the lovely Camilla Luxton, Managing Director of Chatterbox Voices. Radio. We wake up to it, shower and have breakfast to it, drive to and work to it, and even go to sleep to it. Radio has become a powerful marketing medium as more and more companies are turning to radio advertising to reach new audiences. In this show, audio branding and radio advertising are in the spotlight. As Camilla chats to Steve Henderson, a voice actor and an award-winning senior creative and music producer at Global Radio. With flashing billboards, gigantic bus posters, noisy TV commercials and rather insistent YouTube pre-roll advertising being such an integral part of our everyday life, audio branding and radio advertising are perhaps a less obvious choice when planning your business marketing strategy. But as the digital marketplace becomes more cluttered, radio stations offer a more intimate way for companies to connect with their target market. And with the latest technology to hand, Radio advertising is proven to be highly effective. Equipped with my undying passion for audio, as well as my equally undying desire to learn more, I decided to get some expert help to guide us through the ins and outs of audio branding and radio advertising, and to demystify the process. So here in our virtual studio, we have the pleasure of welcoming Steve Henderson, who is an award-winning senior creative and music producer at Global Radio, as well as a highly experienced voice artist. Welcome, Steve. Hello, thanks for having me. Good to speak again. Please take us behind the scenes, Steve. What does a typical day look like for a senior creative producer working for a commercial radio that reaches out to no less than 32 million people on a weekly basis? Well, the great thing about this job is because of the high turnover and how quickly uh, we can react to things, there's, you know, a typical day is quite rare. It's, it varies all the time. Um, so th- that's, that's great. That keeps it exciting and fresh. The sort of structure of the day um, is, is pretty well defined, though, and there's good reasons for that. So um, I can run you through briefly kind of the, the structure of what would go on. Yeah. Uh, if you like. Um, we kind of have a look at the work that's come in in the morning or maybe just the day before um, and start picking up jobs um, until we've got a kind of even workload. And then on the morning we arrive, uh, we'll do the casting process straight off and we have a creative consultation with our creative writers, which is very key in making sure you've got everything pinned down uh, and everything else follows from that really. And then we go into booking our voices and going into session with them, doing the direction and the recording. And hopefully you've got all of that kind of done in the first half of your day, because I always say it's very hard to mix an ad without having recorded the voice. So when you've got an upside down day, as I call it, it, it makes it a bit, uh, a bit more difficult. And then following on from that, you do your editing, your sound processing, getting all the, the audio sounding a certain way to fit our brands in particular, and then mixing down and loading of the ads. And then we start it all again for the next day. <laughs> and how, how big is your team? Uh, The team is an eight-strong team. So that serves um, everything outside of London, uh, from Glasgow all the way down to uh, to Cornwall. And and what would you say is the the power of radio advertising? What makes it such a powerful tool? The power of radio advertising? I think it's it's quite a subtle power. It's it's 
it's what it's not doing. And that is, it's not demanding your full attention all the time. A lot of the other things you mentioned uh, do that. And you may think, well, is that a downside initially? But in that respect, it's a, it's a passive medium. So when you're away doing something else, washing the dishes or whatever it may be, the radio is still there with you. And you don't have to be dedicating time just to consume that that medium. It can be there with you no matter what you're doing, almost. It's very true, isn't it? And it's, it's, it's left to your imagination so much more as well, isn't it? Yes, there is that side of it as well. I think uh, somebody said radio has the best pictures. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. It's, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and what else sets it aside from other types of advertising? Aside from the sort of way it's consumed um, from the other end of it for businesses, uh, radio is incredibly responsive. It's, it's, I mean, what I was just talking about, the daily uh, setup for us, you know, stuff comes in, in the morning. That's the first I've seen of it. And it will be done, you know, well before the end of the day, made, loaded, and it can be broadcast that evening. So um, it's something I saw, although, you know, the number of ads were down, obviously, at the start of lockdown. It's something I really saw happen uh, was when businesses were just waiting for the PM's statements. And once they heard what was going to happen and what, what things were being allowed to open when, immediately we were seeing scripts in and businesses were able to jump on the back of that and get a new message out saying, okay, we will start to reopen in this way or we will do this. And they were, you know, out the next day. So that was that was really good to see. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think the um, the return on investment, the radio centre, uh, I think it's something near uh, eight times. Mm. It was something just under eight pounds for every pound spent on, on radio. Yeah. So definitely worth considering for our customers. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's trusted. Um, and this lockdown period has really shown that it's a really trusted medium. That's, it's something people rely on for as you know, as a friend during the day and for the news. So yeah, a lot of strengths. Great. I'm sure it, a lot must have changed since uh, I first tuned into the radio when I was little, um, many, many moons ago. Um, how personalized is radio advertising these days? I mean, Things like my postcode, buying habits, personality traits, are they taken into account and will I be targeted personally? Um, it's a good question, really good question. I think that depends um, how much how much you put out there, um, how much you give away, really. I mean, traditionally, uh, obviously, none of that's really taken into consideration that much with uh, broadcast radio. But um, what we've seen really uh, come into its own in the last couple of years is something called dynamic creative, which... Um, responds in real time to uh, data that's put into it by the user and their environment. So we get more tailored audio for certain environments. And this is obviously uh, digitally delivered. Yeah. So if you're logged into things and you do uh, put in your uh, your postcode or your, your habits or whatever you like to do, uh, they might be used uh, to, to try and give you some more tailored audio, which is, if you think about it, something that's been happening online uh, through advertising for, for years now. And it's just about making things a bit more relevant for people. Yeah, that's very true. Here at Chatterbox, our clients range from small companies to global corporations. And we stride across areas such as advertising, podcasts and e-learning and via documentaries and audiobooks to animation, games and more. What should our clients bear in mind when considering going for radio advertising? So going for radio over the other things... 
unlike a lot of a lot of those things, I guess if on, with radio, people haven't just switched on just to to listen to you and your brand um, advertising. So you've really got to to grab them and stand out and grab the listener. As I say, it's something that's maybe on in the background a little bit more. So get them in the first first five seconds or so. There's a uh, there's a great quote. One of the regional creative directors um, I work with, Simon Forster, he uh, put, the, put me onto this quote um, from a, a marketing guru in the States called Bob Thacker. And it's, if you're going to crash the party, bring champagne. <laughs> so, yes. yeah, maybe, you know, if everyone's honest, they, they don't tune in to listen to adverts. So if you're going to go and interrupt their day, you know, make, make an impact, do something exciting, make them laugh. Um, have fun with them, because um, you are entering someone's someone's day, their their life, and and their home when you when you go through radio. So you know, don't just shout at them. Sit alongside them. Give them, be their pals. D- do something that they can relate to. Yeah. And that's going to help you. That's going to help you get that engagement. Also for radio, maybe more than some of the other things there, uh, you you really should be thinking about your brand, all your brand values, everything through your brand in sound. Know, whether it's the music, um, whether that logo you've got can be converted into a sonic ident, how the voiceover you pick represents the, the human aspect of your, of your brand, the style of the, the ads, uh, the pace you deliver it, all these things you know, give, you, give you a sort of oral identity on radio. So yeah, there's a lot to consider. And, and so um, if anyone wants to use one of your radio stations and, and want to buy some advertising time there, how, how involved do you get in the making of the scripts? Well, we have a certain um, specific team for that, the, the creatives, as they're called, the, um, the creative writers. They, they'll deal with the creative concept along with the salesperson when they're discussing things directly with the client. And they'll initially, I mean, we have a really good relationship with these guys because, we, you know, we, we work side by side with them. Yeah. Uh, sometimes they join us for, for sessions They'll sort of initially write the scripts and then from there, as I said, uh, one of the first things we do before we go and do any recording is get on the phone to them or sit down with them. And, and yeah, we, we work really, really closely with these guys. So you basically, between your own team and, and the other team, you are able to hold the client's hand, so to speak. So no one needs to come with a, f- come with a fully prepared script or anything. You are, you're guiding them through the process. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, some clients do have their own, you know, their own ideas of, of content that they want to put out, often for good reason. Yeah. Um, they know about their business very well, obviously. Um, but yeah, we're there to then say, okay, well, maybe try this with it or, or what, about, what about this over here? And yeah, help that, help that convert in, in audio, really. So let's talk about content and the process of writing a script. What makes a good script? Uh, I'll say production, first off. Yeah. I have to say that. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> As for the actual script copy, three big things you'll probably hear, um, I think, from Radio Centre about this sort of thing um, is clarity of message, uh, brand fit, which is so such a big thing these days uh, for, for companies and for, for platforms. And then stand out. The way I would probably describe those, um, for me, the clarity is just often less is more. Okay. Don't chuck everything in there. Don't throw the whole, you know, the bathroom sink as it is, or the <laughs> kitchen sink. But either sink. Don't throw any sinks at it. Yeah, okay. It, it's often just, just good to have a little bit of space and just let one, one clear message get across and something the, the listener can remember. Um, for branding, 
it's tough, but optimally you'd have one cohesive concept across all these things I mentioned earlier, the sound, the music, the message, the delivery, rather than kind of an afterthought. Well, we have this message and somebody over there likes that voice and I found this music. Let's just put them together. Try and, you know, really, it's having that one big idea. Yeah. Uh, that really makes a big difference. Yeah. And it's something you'll notice from larger nas- uh, national, international brands. They'll always have a clear cut identity on their brand everything fitting the brand. And then the standout is just, it's just having that spark, that that little something. And that's why we have these people, these these creatives. So I would, my advice would be just to invest in your creative writers. It's much, it reminds me of um, when the guy from Grand Designs, they always say like, trust your architect, you know? Yes. <laughs> Don't try and do it all yourself. It, it's, that's what these guys do um, day in, day out. So let them come up with the, with the ideas. Yeah, that's great advice. Now, I'm sure you must have come across some bad scripts, so, or at least you can give some advice on what would be a bad script. I mean, what what kind of things would you say would never work in radio advertising? Never work. I'll, um, well, what, what, what we know isn't working at the minute anyway, Yeah. Um, I think is all fairly, it's fairly self-evident. People all know these, they hear an ad that's far too fast, it's got too much copy in it. Yeah. Terms and conditions. Um, if something's delivered, well, yeah. yeah. If something's insincere, you can hear it and straight away, you know, it, it's supposed to be a human talking to a human um, for a lot of the time. So when things are done, you know, too sugary sweetly, it just breaks breaks the sort of bubble there. Too much sound effects, perhaps. Um, that's something people love to throw because it's audio. They feel they need to use lots of audio in it in different sounds. And again, it can just become a bit muddled. Overly visual concepts are quite a, a sort of subtle one that people think, I've got this great idea and you go, well, it's radio. It's, <laughs> this is quite a visual thing you're trying to describe yeah. at the top and it, I'm not sure it works very well. Yeah. So it's, it's nothing that can't be, um, can't be tweaked and fixed. Um, another one is, is uh, being sensitive of the platform that it's going on. You know, a press ad that you've put in the paper, as we used to, used to call it, essentially bullet points. It's going to sound terrible. Yeah. We get a, a lot more, more of that for digital platforms now where we try and pull back the, the tone because we know it's going maybe somebody into somebody's sort of personal device or going in through headphones rather than being blasted out on an FM broadcast where people used to try and get the attention of everyone. If we know it's going on a digital platform, usually rein it back in because the person's already there. They're, they're, we know they're listening to it and it's more one-on-one. So being sensitive to things like that, that, you know, that, that really helps. That's really useful advice. So, so what's your advice to voice artists? How can they bring out the best in a script? For a voice artist, um, I th- it's probably that cliche. I, I think Kenny mentioned it on one of your podcasts, but you know, get behind the words and lift lift them off the page a bit. Um, rather than just reading through sentence by sentence, it's really, that's where the sort of the magic that you can't really uh, help somebody with very well is is just getting them to to live inside the, the script a little bit and bring out what's important in it. Um, so, you know, actors are inherently very good at that sort of thing. And, you know, listen and work with the director or the producer, whoever's there, who's got that second pair of ears. Just work with them and listen to their feedback and try and try and pay attention to what the 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 goal or the this of the style is that they want you know rather than something that you feel comfortable doing and you work quite closely with your voice artists don't you or the voice artists that you choose because you you direct them live isn't that right 
Yeah, yeah, we we do. There's so many benefits to having uh, this this interaction uh, with with a voiceover artist and, and the producer because you get a great feed, a feedback loop going up at the best of times. Where especially again, people who've got acting skills, they'll maybe throw something in there that you just weren't expecting, and you've got time to reconsider it and go, yeah, let's go with that. And you'll end up with something that you never would have had if the script was just uh, sent out and okay, send me the read back you kind of are stuck with what you've got there. And also I find it actually saves time because we've got the chance to correct anything on the go and move on. If something comes back and you think, oh, it's not quite right or they made a mistake, we've got to send it back out again. So yeah, but yeah, big fan of live directing. Yeah, so am I. I find that we are, it, it brings out a whole new level of engagement and authenticity in the voice when you know that you're actually communicating with someone. Right, yeah. 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 I mean, I personally as a as a voice artist, I I much prefer it as well because I'm I'm not left wondering, hmm, do they want it a little bit like this or a little bit like that? You've you've got someone just to go, no, 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 you had it the first time. Great. And you lose all that ambiguity and you just know exactly what you're doing and yeah, I think it's better all around for for the voice as well. Yeah, definitely. And you can be you know, just play one role. You can be the voice artist rather than also having to self-direct and try and listen out for what you're doing. So it's very helpful. Exactly, yeah. It makes you, it allows you to focus on the job you've got. Yeah, well well put. <laughs> and would you say there's a, there's a, what's the current trend in terms of delivery? I mean, it sounds to me as if it's the, the sort of conversational style is, is trending and has been for a little while. Um, it wasn't always like that. And also regional accents and and even uh, foreign accents are more welcome, I find. Yes, I, I would agree. I think it links in, again, to the, the reduction in, in broadcast radio and um, the demand for, you know, received, streamed, downloaded radio, where we know it, we're talking to one person, essentially one-on-one. So, yeah, lighter, lighter sort of deliveries. And I think everyone's probably had enough of people screaming about sale offers at them anyway. Um, so, yeah, lighter deliveries, um, certainly. And, yeah, there's been, for some time now, there's been a, an opening up of different accents uh, from all over the UK, which which I hear on TV and radio. Yeah, I think it's it's possibly just people expanding to, to find a niche. And that's a great, you know, and it adds a great human element to the to the company as well when you've got something like that. Going back to the um, to the scripts and, and when you you were given a script as a voice artist, what do you do when you look at it and you think with your producer's eyes, you look at it and think, well, it looks a bit clunky or there's anything else about it that you feel is not going to work. How do you handle that situation? Any tips? Oh, um, if I think something's not going to work, again, once again, if you've got the producer there, you've got the opportunity to have that conversation there. Otherwise... You know, if you are if you are giving a pre-recorded read back to somebody, I would give them alts definitely. If don't be afraid to maybe tweak the words a little bit after you've done what's been asked of you. That's key. You've got to deliver what is on the page um, and what is asked. But then try, yeah, do try some other rephrase some things. Often it happens. There's you know things are, are put at pace through the system sometimes. And somebody will just not have had that extra moment, possibly, just to look at it and go, oh, yeah, what you've just done there. And also, once you hear it, and it's not just written on the page, you can go, yeah, that that lands on my ear so much nicer. Mm. So, yeah, don't be afraid to experiment when you've got, you know, after you've done the, the main job. And that's very good advice. 
Now, as we speak, we're coming out of months of lockdown and uh, we're moving towards a new normality, as they say. What was lockdown like for you, Steve? And um, how did lockdown shape radio advertising? The lockdown? Um, yeah. <laughs> it, well, I, <laughs> I, um, I possibly didn't have... If, is there such a thing as a normal one? I don't know. But we had um, our second daughter right at the very start of lockdown. Oh, did you? About, I think we had her just back from the hospital a week and then... Uh, the PM told us to stay indoors, so uh, that's been going on. Congratulations! So yeah, Hattie's now four months now and is none the wiser, which is great. Uh, meanwhile, I was through in the um, the next room building a temporary voice booth because we weren't working up at normal studios. Um, so I've had to convert, you know, part of the house into a, into a production studio and and voice booth. So I've been kept very busy. Let's put it that way. Yeah. It sounds like it, definitely. Uh, for, for radio, um, lockdown really—you could—you could tell there were, um, you know, reduced uh, advert breaks within the hour, just because, if, for obvious reasons, businesses weren't able to to fill to fill those and, and spend money doing those initially. It's it's really starting to return now, which is great. Um, and the other thing, it was the the types of businesses which you heard. Uh, we had a lot of uh, public. Um, health and caterer uh, recruitment, you know, government advertising. And now, obviously, the shops and things like that just, were, just weren't on there. We're starting to see all that coming back. Schools are pushing now because it's getting towards that time of year when kids go back. Yeah, it's great to see this sort of the spectrum of, of clients returning. We all learned something from lockdown. We all had to find workarounds. And do you think there was anything that happened during lockdown with radio advertising that will also shape it for future? Or do you think it will be more back to normal, old normal, if you know what I mean? I think I, one major thing which is, is really um, now absolutely been cemented is the use of IP connectivity. But instead of having um, ISDN lines, I spent a lot of time last year, uh, one of my sort of projects last year was to to really get in place uh a working and favoured um, IP supplier. And now we use CleanFeed for, for all our sessions. And those guys, hello to Mark and Mark there, um, if they're listening, because they've, they've been fantastic in helping us move forward with this. I think that's something that if people were hesitant about it before and they thought, well, I need to go to a studio, I can't, agency voices as well, I found a lot of this. The people couldn't go into to the studios, they, they just couldn't. There was that little, okay, well, we'll try it at home, and if we if we listen and the standards, okay. And and to get that connection into the houses, um, it had to be connection, connection over IP, over the internet, rather than a, a plumbed ISDN line. So I think that's, that's really broken the back of that now, and I don't think people are going to look back. I'd be very surprised if people return to demand. I know some people I've heard, very, very few I've heard that will demand an ISDN connection and that's what they want to use. But I think it's really pushed us, you know, accelerated the progression into all these different types of software. How interesting. Wow, there's so much food for thought here. And uh, what I'm, what I feel is a very strong takeaway here is that no one having a business or working for a business, whether it's small or big, should be afraid of contacting global and, and getting the help to launch um, a marketing strategy through radio commercials. Because you're all there, you will you will lend a helping hand and you'll, you all know what you're doing. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's all set up and, you know, there's specialist uh, roles for 
for all, all the stages involved. And uh, we, yeah, we do we do help people from that have never been on air before and give them give them feedback from the studios and, and how they can improve improve things. And yeah, absolutely. Everybody wants to get the best best sounding ad across the board. So yeah. Thank you so much for being our guest. It's been really, really uh, interesting and insightful, Steve. So thank you. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Radio is a great and unique medium for any size businesses that are looking to grow. Radio advertising is an effective method of reaching out to new customers to build awareness and trust and increase sales. With the right stimulus, the theater of the mind will create imagery that is far superior to that of print, television, online and cinema advertising. If you are considering incorporating radio advertising in your marketing strategy and you need a great voice to deliver your message on air, Chatterbox Voices can help you make the right choice. With a pool of over 1,000 professional voices from more than 80 languages on their books, you will be spoiled for choice. To get in touch, email info at chatterboxvoices.co.uk. Thank you for listening to this podcast, brought to you by Chatterbox Voices, hosted by Camilla Luxton and presented and produced by me, Yulia Stancheva, with special thanks to our amazing guest, Steve Henderson from Global Radio. If you have enjoyed the show, please do leave a rating as this really helps our podcast grow. Mm-hmm.